drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drinkers, what's going on, everybody? Drink it in real fast. Drink it in now. Side of cornbread. Cornbread! We gotta make it a double because the Detroit Lions are six and two. Took care of business on Monday Night Football. As I told you, they would against the Las Vegas Raiders. I told you it wouldn't be close. I'll give you a quick review about how it wasn't close. How it could have been a lot worse for the Raiders. And how it could have been a lot better for the Lions. Talk about Jameer Gibbs. Having a having a balling out game. And uh, gosh, we just got so much more to get into on the pod uh, today. I've got, I've got a couple rants that I might get to. I got to talk about my boy J-Mo. You might want to stay tuned to see what I got to say. I've got to talk about the... Uh, Lady at the game that just ripped Jameer Gibbs from like the the field level of Ford Field up into the front row. That was incredible. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the trade deadline. Uh, lots that both went on and didn't go on, and what you guys think, and what I my uh, thoughts and opinions on that as well. Talk a little bit about the bye week and why it comes at a perfect time, and then uh, yeah, give you some everybody some time off. We'll still be doing a pod, giving you content as time permits. But uh, after that, it's heading out to to uh, play the Chargers. So I'll just hint on that a little bit uh, during this pod as well. But uh, just talking about this Raiders game, man, you just look at it like this was complete domination. It really was. Like I'm looking at it right now. We we go field goal, field goal, field goal to start this football game. It could have been touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Like uh, it's, it's about 14 to 21 points right off the bat that were left on the field. Oh man, the Raiders. They had a great drive of 10 plays, 75 yards, and a rushing touchdown from Josh Jacobs. Uh, big big freaking deal. You know what I mean? The Lions come right back down, um, get a touchdown, and make it 16-7 before the half. I kind of uh, either tweeted out or, or said, you know, just just come out of half, shut down the Raiders because they were getting the football, get it back, put a touchdown on them, put some points on them, stop them, and just just close the book. And that's exactly what they did. You know, they stopped them. You know, went back and forth a little bit, and before you know it, the multi-dimensional, positionless, elite weapon. Jameer Gibbs um, 
incredible 27-yard run for a touchdown. I mean, the guy got skinny. I don't know how he got through the hole up the middle. Then he bounced like a 40-ounce to the outside, ran to the pylon. Of course, nobody can run with Jameer Gibbs. Really fun to watch to see him get going. He's not just a gadget player. This isn't a guy that's afraid of contact. This isn't a guy that every time he gets tackled, he's got to go out for three plays. Um, He can run through tackles. He can break tackles. He can run away from people. And he showed you that in this football game. I I don't know if you guys saw it. I don't know what you feel about the new hashtag nickname that I threw out there. And that's Gibbs Gone Wild. (laughs) Because you know those VHS tapes from... Well, some of you probably know what that's about. But uh, some other... People and you know things were going wild, but Jameer Gibbs is going wild in this game. He's gone wild. He's going to continue to go wild. Um, I don't know if that one's going to catch on, but I did see ESPN stole my other hashtag, which was getting Gibby with it <laughs> um, for one of their headlines they threw on ESPN here the day after when I'm watching all the recaps. So that that's uh, that's catching on both on the worldwide leader as well as the old Twitter Twitter machine. So. That's good. Um, let me get a rant in real quick before I finish up this ball game. Like, what was it? It was like, I don't even know when it was. I want to say it was in the third quarter, kind of what seemed to be maybe, maybe a uh, important part of this ball game, where they have this, you know, fumble by Craig Reynolds. You know, when it, when we see it's called a fumble, I, I probably said something to the effect of, come on, Craig! Um, something to that effect. But, like, the thing is... This this the call stands is such a loophole, such a weak sauce move by these referees. First of all, there's no way you can see everything that happens on the football field. I understand that. I still don't know why these guys can't be paid full time. I don't understand that the NFL makes billions of dollars, yet they have to have lawyers and you know, realtors or whoever they have calling their games these days. I don't know why you have to have this limited number, such a a small number of officials on the football field. You tell me we can't get like, I don't know, two, three more officials, a few more cameras to uh, make their life a little bit easier. But that's neither here nor there. My rant is about these referees that can't get it right because there's only like six, seven of them on the field, whatever it is. And then they miss a call. They go under the hood. They watch it in slow-mo ultra 4K 80 million times. And then they're too dim-witted to actually see what happens. They can't use common sense. They have to use these stupid rules like, well, if I can't tell a thousand percent then I have to stay with the call on the field which we all know was bogus to start with so every time it's even close I don't even understand why we go to the cameras why do we waste everyone's time doing reviews when we know these numbskulls are just going to come out and say the play stands um, I'm too spineless not smart enough and don't have any guts to actually come out and tell you that we got it wrong the NFL doesn't like to admit that we're ever wrong so we'll just say it stands and then hide behind this bogus rule that, well, we couldn't 100% tell, so we thought we'd just stay with the call, except usually when it goes against the lines, where they go, well, we couldn't really tell, but we assume it was different, so now we're going to reverse it, or I don't know, anybody see early in that football game? Flags being picked up left and right? How do you throw a flag out of your pocket? Tell the guy what you saw. Him tell you, uh, I don't think so. We're going to undo that and we're going to pick up a flag. I swear, it doesn't happen in any other games. 
except for when the Lions are in the playoff game against the loved Cowboys or in multiple other games in the Lions where I see them picking up blatant holding, pass interference. When has pass interference ever been picked up except for against the Lions? Never. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So let's get rid of this stupid the call stands where these refs can just skate out the back door. It's absolutely ridiculous. It happens all the time. I sit at home and I'm just like, Psh, we can all see what that is, but they're not going to like fully confirm it. So they come out and say play stands because they, that's their loophole. That's, that's their cheat code. That's their, Oh, I, I really don't want to say what really happened. So I'm going to go with this just so I can not be blamed for making a bad call in the first place or not having the guts, as I said, to reverse what we all can see plain as day on the TV, which is Craig Reynolds. He can't have his feet down, his shins down, his knee down, his body down, his torso up in the air for multiple seconds be in a pile of about 10 people when then Max Crosby decides he's going to rip the ball out you know way after the play and they're going to call it a fumble absolutely ridiculous so anyway the Lions didn't care they were just like whatever we're just going to beat you down anyway which they did they just went on to hit another field goal I can't believe Riley Patterson hit a 52 yarder I'm looking at the thing here Riley Patterson who probably had about two to three field goals the whole season hit four field goals a chippy of like 20 yards in this game and basically cost me a fantasy matchup where I had to come back from deep and I had Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ra. That's the majestic version. Here, here's the new version from Stash in the ATL. Amon Ra. And if Chops was here, he'd probably go, Amon Ra. Something breathy and, and kind of odd like that. But he's the originator, so you got to give it to him. But I had both those players and the guy I'm playing against somehow put Riley Patterson in late in the week. And I'm like, Riley Patterson ain't going to make no field goals. He makes four of them and, and won a 52-yard knuckleball that goes in that cost me the matchup by a few points. So fantasy football continues to be absolutely mind-boggling and frustrating. Yet I'm doing pretty well in all my leagues, so that's good. And I'm talking to all you in the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League where we're uh, having a lot of fun. My team's doing pretty well. A lot of you others are doing well. It all doesn't matter until the fantasy football playoffs. Those two to three weeks are really all that matters. If you show up, you'll probably win a championship. If you had a great regular season and your team is injured or clunks it up in the playoffs, you will lose and you will hate it. So that's kind of where we're at there. Um, So yeah, this 26-14 beatdown by the Detroit Lions on the Raiders. I, I seriously, like... I'm looking at it. I told you they could have got 21 early. They could have had a couple other touchdowns later in the game. This could have been a 57 to 7 type game if Jared Goff, Chops' boy, doesn't throw the ball directly, as The Rock would say, to Marcus Peters, who all he does is get pick sixes and he catches it and then way to show your athleticism jg16 while you don't just run to an angle and run the guy out of bounds you stop your feet you get roasted toasted and extra crispy by this guy i understand that marcus peters is way faster than you way more athletic way better um, in this realm of football but it's just an embarrassing throw, an embarrassing decision, a absolutely embarrassing attempt at making a tackle, and then you fell down and he ran away for a touchdown, which if it would have been pivotal, I would have done a 20-minute segment here on the pod about it. But neither here nor there. The Lions uh, don't give up that. They would have only given up seven points on that one drive that I mentioned by the Raiders. 
what was it? Jameer Gibbs had more yards than the entire Raiders team. Jimmy G looked Jimmy H, Jimmy Horb. I mean, this guy was, he couldn't complete a pass. He couldn't move. He couldn't hit open guys. He couldn't hit guys that were covered. They had no creativity. Josh McDaniels is a horrible football coach. This was... <laughs> This was, this was so bad on so many levels, and I knew it was going to be, I would I say, 31-10. It ends up being 26-14. It should have been 57-7. Um, just a fun game to watch with uh, number 26 for the Detroit Lions doing big things. I'm in raw. Six catches, 108, just a ho-hum 108. Jared Goff, as much as I just made fun of him, 272, a touchdown, and a pick six. Um, you know, overall, he, he played pretty decent, I ain't going to lie. Um, and, and that's what it was, you, you know. ARSB just continues to be so dang consistent, so good, 7-11, he's always open. The sun god, the sun comes up every day, all day, Twice a day for this guy. He just catches everything. He runs after catch. He's always open. He moves the sticks on every catch or scores a touchdown, kind of like Josh Reynolds does. Um, you know, it's it's incredible. So I uh, just love what he's doing from a consistency level. And that brings me to J-Mo. <sighs> I've come on this pod. I tell you guys to calm down. I tell you how good J-Mo is. I tell you about his elite Speed, hashtag JMO fast. And I, I stick up for this guy again and again. And I still think he's a very good talent. I think he's a DAWG when it comes to his love for football, his love for his teammates, the fact that he'll go out and knock your face off. He's not just a prissy prance wide receiver. But JMO, you have to catch the football. It's like the number one objective of a wide receiver. And and the thing that's driving me nuts is like we kind of knew that this guy was so fast that he was catching balls over his shoulder, body catcher, all that stuff before the draft. But you have to get your hands out, man, and get your hands on the football. This drop he had in this game, the ball hit him in like the elbows. I mean, it, it or the upper forearms. He didn't even get his hands, his wrists, anything on it. He just let the ball get into his elbows. And, and, and you know went off so I can't even do the old joke about him with the Nike Crisco gloves the ball doesn't even hit his gloves or his wrists or his lower forearms it hits his upper forearms and elbows and you can't catch the ball with your elbows last time I checked so I don't know what's going on with this guy but he has to get more fundamentally sound with his general catching and I like it that he made a couple big plays and whatnot, but are we going to get to the point where you can just make the routine play? Yeah, I'd love to see you catch a ball and run after catch, which you had one in this game, and if you could have got your legs up around the guy, you probably would have housed it, but you didn't. So I still love this guy, this player. I love his talent. I love his mentality. But we, we need much improvement, rapid improvement in the catching category because it's becoming a complete embarrassment to watch him week in, week out, drop footballs that I could go out there and catch. Drop, you know, five-yard out routes that are right in his bread basket that he's trying to catch with his elbows or is hitting off his number or off his shoulder pads or, I don't know, his face mask. I mean, it's becoming a blooper reel of J-Mo drops and he's barely even played 10 games in his career. 
it's uh it's it's become an epidemic. So JMO, I need you to hashtag JMO fast, get this corrected. All right. Now you you'd think I I'd be done, but I I've got rants. I've got other things I want to get into. I'm gonna keep this pod timely. So I think I'm going to save it for after the commercial break. I still have plenty to do. You guys are probably hearing this on November 1st. I don't know if you dressed up for Halloween. I don't really care, to be honest. A lot of people, again, love the Lions fans, love the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, love everybody out there that listens to this pod. A little embarrassed, I'm not going to lie, by the people at Ford Field with some, some goofy looks, whether it comes to Lions gear or your costumes or whatever you were doing. But that, but that's that's your decision. You know, I, I'm not going to uh, to bash it too much. So some of you may be enjoying Halloween. Other adults or, or people out there with a little bit more respect probably aren't. But uh, the Lions, a few of the Lions players, like Tracy Walker and and Hutch, had fun with uh, Halloween. I mean, it, it is what it is. But uh, you guys have heard us do the Halloween pods. I'm not going to do a candy uh, draft here this year. I'm not going to do spooky music. I don't have any of that. But I'm here to talk about the Detroit Lions because people still like to come up to me and go, Hey, Okri, how about those Lions? <laughs> um, because they're winning. They're 6-2, and two, head into the bye week. So, everybody, I'm going to take my commercial break. I'm kind of just flowing, as you can tell. I'll come after the break and try to give you more Lions content, maybe try to make you laugh, maybe have another rant or two, and uh, and talk about this bye week and then the Charger game. So, everybody, I'll be right back. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. What's going on, Kool-Aid drinkers? Before the break, I kind of beat you guys up. They love Halloween or wearing goofy costumes. It's it's all good. I mean, I, I've changed my stance because kind of when I was moving to segment two, I saw Cynthia Freeland on NFL Network in one of the greater costumes I've seen. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you missed out. And it was Lions related. So uh, we love Cynthia Freeland here on this pod. There's no question. And uh, you know who else I love? Um, I love all of you for listening to the pod. Listen to the sponsors. Please go check out our sponsors. Please listen to us on Spotify. That helps the show. Uh, again, this is your host, Derek Oakry. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry, talking Lions, talking Michigan, talking fantasy football, and all types of other goofiness and gimmicks that I, I try to put on the show um, on the old Twitterverse or online there. But uh, you know who else I love? The lady in the front row 
that when Jameer Gibbs um, went to the house, in case you guys forgot, Jameer Gibbs is a multidimensional, positionless, elite weapon. Um, so, So he breaks it. He scores, right? He goes to the formerly brown brick padded area of Ford Field. And he decides he's going to somewhat attempt to either give the fans love or I don't know if his intent was to go into the stands. But as he made his way to that area, the lady in the front row with a beautiful smile and um, seemed to be uh, having a nice lion sweatshirt with lions, uh, some type of, you know, what is it, uh, eye black decal under her eye decides to grab number 26 and yank him <laughs> into the front row. This is this is straight up respect for I don't know if this lady's been in the gym. I don't know if she's doing curls. I don't know what how much she can lift, but I know that she snatched Jameer Gibbs, yanked him up with with incredible strength, threw him basically into the seat right next to her, then began to let's say hug Jameer Gibbs lovingly, and uh, it was incredible. I had to go back and watch it a few times. I don't know how she yanked a man that big with his big old shoulder pads the way she did over the uh, top rope and throw him into the stands and then hug him and love him, and the guy next to her and everybody was just going crazy, and Jameer Gibbs loved it too. He was just up there dancing, having fun. It was like a better version of what... uh, of what our guy, gosh, what's the running back? The, um, you know, former security guard, uh, you know, for the lines, running back that would get up and do the old uh, naughty by nature. Gosh, it's escaping me right now. You guys are going to kill me online for that. But uh, he used to do it, but Jameer Gibbs was having even a little bit more fun. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is swaggy. He's confident. He's electric. Um, you know, the guy has a billion-dollar smile. I mean, I, I feel like this guy is going to be on NFL posters and headlines for years to come. Of course, I didn't like the positional value. I told you I wouldn't have taken him. I also said he's a dynamic talent. I took him in mock drafts, but more in late round ones, round two, maybe even round three early in the draft process. Brad, always open for business homes, took him in round one at pick 12, and uh, I think he's going to be a really fun player to watch for years to come. So um, fun to see him have a coming out party with all the yards and whatnot that he did. Now, here's the thing. I'm into segment two, and like I didn't even go over the NFL trade deadline in segment one. <laughs> like, Here's the thing. A lot of you out there, we went. We had a little fun with it last week on the pod. Who we should take, who we shouldn't take. You know, hashtag what Choppy said, of course, didn't come true. I know he was hoping again that he'd get lucky and the Lions would grab somebody that he talked about so that he could come on here and bloviate and, and you know, show how smart he is or whatever. But he didn't get any of his guys. I didn't get any of my guys. I wanted Jonathan Allen because he was pissed off and gritty and grimy and we need an interior player that can do some things. But here's the thing we, we realized a lot about the NFL and especially Brad, always open for business homes, B3, Big Bad Brad, is he doesn't do what you want him to do. He doesn't do what many thinks he should do. He doesn't do the conventional thing to do on paper 
But what he does works. So, you know, all of us fans, we want defensive edge rushers. We want interior defensive rushers. We want corners. We maybe want, some of you fools out there, another running back. How many times did I have to hear the Lions should go get Derrick Henry? The Lions should go get this running back, that running back. Chop's talking about go get Leonard Fournette eating potato chips off his couch. Like, does anybody realize that David Montgomery is back next week when we head to beat up on the Chargers? Does anybody see what Jameer Gibbs just did? Like... There's plenty of things to go around. And don't write off, come on, Craig. Like, he's he's moving the pile, too, and doing things and scoring touchdowns. So, no, we don't need to go get a 10 to $12 million running back for a half a season. And what are you going to do? Not play Gibbs and Montgomery because you got some other guy now? That, that was just a ridiculous. So, anyway, my point is, everybody's out there, like, saying, oh, you know, go get this guy. Go get that guy. Oh, I love that big name, this big name. I feel like Brad Holmes knew from the get-go that, you know, some of these big names people throw out, they're not the gritty, grimy, motivated, you know, team players that he wants. I don't even think he picks up the phone on half these guys that have name cachet or that people want. He's just like, no, I'm not getting Chase Young. No, I don't want Montez Sweat for a second-round pick. Like... He's looking for those under-the-radar bargain basement guys that are going to come in here and do their job, fit in, and try to put this team over the top from a depth perspective. So I think we just need to get that in our head already. Some of you guys going crazy. Oh, he doesn't want to win. Oh, the Lions never go for it. You know, the old 97 won the ticket, you know, got to come on there and do their whole spiel. They're so happy now. The Lions are winning and they're fans all of a sudden. Yet, when the Lions don't make some gargantuan trade, they got to bash them for three hours straight. Like, come on, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, I I was totally fine that they didn't make some big move. I don't know what Chicago was doing, giving up basically like the 33rd to 35th pick overall for Montez Sweat, knowing you have to pay him, knowing that he damn sure ain't going to win you any football games. You know, you got people giving up a third rounder for the name of Chase Young. And it's like, you know, first of all, I mean, you you don't want to give up a third rounder for Chase Young. I mean, because he went to this school. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. (laughs) I mean, most of the time when Chase Young takes the field, before you know it, he's vanquished. Ohio State is vanquished. Exactly. So it's like... Chase Young sounds fun. He looks good in the uniform. You know, we wanted him a couple years ago at the number two pick, and he went, what, the pick before us, and we took Jeff Okuda for some reason. It's like, but he hasn't been very good. He's like a lot of those rookies where, like, he came out, had a few good games, and people put him in the Hall of Fame. Then he was hurt for a season and a half. Now he's back healthy, doing okay. And people were like, oh, you get Chase Young, it just changes your franchise. We got to get Chase Young. Remember when he took him? It's just like, I mean, I wouldn't have, like, been against it, but it wasn't something I was ultimately rooting for, thinking this was going to change our fortune. So congratulations. The 49ers got him for a third-round pick. He'll probably be a rotational player that'll probably get hurt again, and they'll probably let him go in the offseason and try to get a comp pick for the guy or something. Like That's probably how it's going to go down. This isn't going to be some franchise piece on the other side of Bosa for the next decade. I'm here to tell you that right now. But... I. I feel like Brad Holmes adding Donovan Peoples-Jones for a 2025 sixth rounder 
is absolutely fine. You want to know why? Because DPGA is like, what's he, 6'2", 6'3", 215 plus pounds. He ran like a 4'4"-ish, somewhere in that range. He can catch the deep ball. He can catch intermediate. He can return kicks if you need him to. He's reliable. He played in Michigan. He's from Detroit. And don't tell me, oh, what does that matter? That matters because he knows it here. He loves it here. He's used to the weather. He's a player that's hungry. He's on the final year of his deal. He knows that he can come in here and just fit in and win ball games instead of coming in and being like, I'm going to get 15 footballs a week. No, you're not, but you can come in here and make a couple plays. You can come in here and maybe score a couple touchdowns. You can be a productive wide receiver for this football team. You cannot find guys with his type of athleticism, height, weight, speed, um, just anywhere. They don't work at the bowling alley. I know that's where Bob Quinn and you know good old Martin Mayhew and that guy named Matt Millen maybe went and looked for talent when their top guy went down and they had nobody behind them. But the guy at the bowling alley can't do what DPJ can do. This guy is uh, special. He kind of had a lackluster back half of his college existence at Michigan, but he kind of showed some flashes in the NFL. He's been kind of buried in a horrible franchise with the Cleveland Browns. And I think he might look first. He's going to look really good in the uniform because he's yoked and he's that dude. But I think he's going to fit in nice as like that guy behind Khalif um, as a part-time wide receiver and red zone threat. And every once in a while, DPJ's got type of speed. If you scheme him open like Ben Johnson loves to do, I mean, we might hear this. Ben Johnson, I love you. Ben Johnson, you are my hero. We might hear that when DPJ is after he's scoring touchdowns. So I didn't mind it. I also put on Twitter, like, I'm not saying this guy's a game changer. I'm not saying he's going to win you um, games or this was some incredible pull by Brad Holmes. This was just a smart, nothing move that helps your depth at a position you needed help because Marvin Jones left the team and they released him or whatever happened. Um, And... He's a guy that has traits, as Brad Holmes said. I talked to the kid. He's fired up. He wants to be here. He's got this. He's got that. We like to. We like what we see in this player. So all those things are fine. And we know that Brad Holmes did all of his due diligence looking everywhere else. It's just this was the one deal he thought was worth it based on player, based on fit, and based on value or price. And all of you people out there that are just clamoring for these big names, and if you don't get them, you think that you got to go cry a river or say, oh, look, um, you know, I would have got so-and-so for a fifth. I would have got so-and-so for a third rounder. Why didn't they do that? Because you want to know why they don't do that? Because Brad, always oh, open for business. Holmes is a just elite ninja slash genius when it comes to the NFL draft. So what would he rather have? Someone's cast off, injured 26-year-old, 28-year-old football player for a third-round pick? Or would he rather just sit in the 24 draft in the third round and get a starter for four to five to ten seasons at no money, a guy that he handpicks for his football team based on his needs and how his roster shakes out at that point? Like, as much as we like adding and we wanted to add and we think if we add, it's going to put us up over the top. You know what's really going to put us over the top? 
Brad Holmes continuing to draft studs every year that make no money and that are contract locked down for four, five, six, seven, eight seasons when we continue to keep these football players. And then we'll continue to win ball games for decades rather than be a flash in the pan one to two year football team. And uh, you guys using the L.A. Rams as some type of, you know, uh, case study. Oh, wow, great. They gave up tons of first-rounders and got studs and absolutely fumbled their way into one Super Bowl, and now they're trash, and they've been trash. That's not the model we want to follow. So the NFL trade deadline was just fine in my perspective. Had they added another player at good cost and would have been able to keep them, great. Brad Holmes decided no. Brad Holmes will take those picks that you guys wanted to burn. Oh, we don't even need a first rounder. Just take it. We'll take No. He's going to get a stud in the first round. I'm sorry some of you guys can't draft after pick six, but Brad Holmes is going to find a stud at 25 or 30 or dare I say 32. You know, mark it down. Drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. So that that's my thoughts on the trade deadline. There's no there's no sense of worrying about what other teams got. The Lions got one piece. They feel good about their team. They're getting reinforcements. Dare I say David Montgomery, Jonah Jackson, um, and who knows when CJ GJ will be back. And just go down the line of players that are getting healthy, coming back on this football team, getting their legs under him like Josh Pascal um, and company. So I, I think we're going to be just fine. Injuries are going to come up. This team has depth to weather those injuries as well as didn't want to interrupt what they got going. And, and I feel great about that um, across the board. So feel good about the trade deadline. Um don't worry that we didn't do some splash move because splash moves rarely work. So we'll see how this shakes out. Lions still in a great chance or not even in a great chance. We're going to run away with the NFC North. The question now is, are we going to be at the top seed? Are we number two seed? Are we going to slip on a banana peel and be three, four, five, whatever it is? It doesn't matter. Like, get us in the dance. I like this football team inside, outside, at your house, at our crib, anywhere right now the way they're playing so um, as, as far as the bye week goes this is like a perfect time for the bye week for the Detroit Lions as I said coming off a win absolute beat down of the Raiders getting healthy need a little more time to get healthy uh, right in the middle of the season which is nice um, you got to take that west coast trip so we'll be nice and rested head out to the west coast and it just couldn't come at a better time both for the team at, in the season and just watch out. I mean, look at the schedule, people. Look at the schedule and then look at what this team's about to do in the second half. A few years ago, you guys heard me tweet out when they were like, oh, and whatever. I was like, okay, they might only win one more football game in the next few weeks, but then they're going to go on a, on a rip because you just looked at their schedule and knew what they had going. And that's the year where they finished strong. And then they did it last year as well. I don't see any reason why this team isn't going to rip off a big winning streak, a lot more dub skis here in the second half, and be right in the mix for those one, two, or three seed, you know, is it the way it's shaping up right now, that's for sure. So feel good about that. Um, I, I I continually shout this man out on the show because him and, and some of you others are coming correct on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast hotline. You guys know what that number is, 989-272-3484. Um, Stash in the ATL is doing some things. I, I'm considering bringing him on 
for a show, a segment. I, I think if he keeps this up with his three, six, ten, twelve-minute phone calls, voicemails that he's leaving on the Cooley Hotline, I may have to get him his own portion on DKC Select, where it's just Stash from the ATL doing like fifteen-minute voicemail calls. Um, for you guys to listen to, you loyal DKC Select members that we have. We appreciate all you. Um, again, Stash is the one that brought you this. I'm, I'm going to have to break down the recent calls that he's left. I'm sure there's more sound drops. There's more hilarity. Um, we appreciate him for uh, not only listening, but supporting and, and calling in. He makes me laugh. No question. Good dude. Top to bottom. I think he said he's going to be here for Turkey Day. I really don't plan on being at any other games because I've given them to friends and family as well as um, looking to be at this playoff game. But uh, love you guys. I know like Young Santa and Mrs. Claus were down at the game um, for the Monday night game. I know plenty of you Twitter fam out there were down there showing love, taking pictures, doing your thing. So that was really cool to see as well. But just uh, appreciate all the supporters and and all that. But uh, keep dialing up that hotline. This team continues to get more and more hot. So you guys are pumping up the show. It continues to grow by leaps and bounds, as we always say. You guys are the best fans in all of sports. And, um, of course, I like to have a little fun with you here on the show by giving you a hard time or, or uh, having fun with my guests. But uh, it's all love. There's no question. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I just see the Lions going out. Again, we'll get in a whole breakdown and whatnot. But they're going to just, as I said, they're going to come back rested. They're going to come back off a of bye. They're going to go out to, yeah, okay, it's the West Coast. What was that, a gimmick like three years ago by a former host on the show? Oh, you, you can't go uh, East Coast to West and win football games. It's like, why? <laughs> just because that's like something that always, you know, some stat you have or something. Like, it's about the football teams. And I'm looking at the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm looking at the Detroit Lions. And like, we're tougher. We're bigger. We're more athletic. We have more talent. Like, I just see us going out and slapping the taste out of their mouth. Running the football. Throwing it all over the yard. Doing whatever we want to do. You know Lions fans are taking taking over that stadium. I mean, there's not going to be any Charger fans there. Are there any Charger fans in general? Like, I kind of like Justin Herbert, but half the time he's Matt Stafford-ish where he's like makes a couple great passes and he costs you football games. He's nothing special. Oh, Keenan Allen. Okay, Keenan Allen keeps kind of footing up numbers, but does he put the fear of God in me? No. You know, Mike Williams, of course, out with the back knee injuries again like he is every year. You got uh, Chops' favorite boy, Quentin Johnston or whatever his name is. Doesn't even matter. He doesn't do anything this year. Makes a couple plays and I got to get a text from Choppy about how good he is again um get out of here with that you know their defense has a you know a bosa brother but not the not the good one they also have a guy named cleo mack who oh wow he's having a great season like remember when cleo mack actually was good yeah that was like six seven years ago you know so uh you know i'm not too worried about him uh, just overall they just have such a weak football team a horrible football head football coach for the chargers and the Lions are just going to out-scheme them, out-play them, out-talent them, out-score them, and out-defend them for four quarters. So I'll, I'll do more rants and more hilarity on them when we get closer. But it's it's going to be an absolute beatdown again. Like, this is the NFL. I'm not saying you should whoop everybody by 10, 14 points. But 
I, I don't see this game being close just based on team mentality. The fact the Lions are rested and the fact that there's no way they walk into play the Chargers in their powder blues or whatever uniform they're going to wear and think that we're not just going to take them to, to school. We're not going to come off the bus and just look them in the eye and say, you ain't tough enough. We're coming for you. But just put Penny Sewell in front of their whole team and, and they'll probably quit and just give us the game right there. So I, I'm so excited for that game. Then what do we have that like... Chicago, then we have Green Bay on the schedule, we play Minnesota twice, we've got the Denver Broncos, don't tell me they're good just because they stumbled into a win this past week, like, they're horrible, um, it's, it's gonna be such a fun back half of the season, and the sky's the limit for this Lions team, so, I just can't wait for it, I know all you guys are hyped for it, I know you're drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid all day, every day, drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, Double sided cornbread. Cornbread. And uh, it's just gonna be it's gonna be so fun. So keep listening to the pod, sharing it with friends, um, talking about this football team, and at the end of the day, um, just looking forward both to the future, staying humble, staying hungry, and uh, all that thing that we're looking forward to as Lions fans is coming our way. We've been waiting for it. I don't need to know how long you were a Lions fan. You don't tell me about what happened 10 years ago that was bad and why you're so scared or why you can't um, you know, get out of your funk. This is a brand new Lions, um, fresh Kool-Aid, hot piping cornbread. And we'll catch you next week talking about it and so much more right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.